Welcome to Washoe Life. I'm Nancy Lewin-Hagan, Communications Director for Washoe County. Welcome to Season 3 of this podcast, and I am joined by my colleague, Bethany Drysdale. Hello and Happy New Year. Uh, this podcast is really one of the, the exciting things we get to do in our jobs, and I really, really enjoy this. We spend about 30 minutes talking to really interesting guests, which we'll get into here in just a minute. So we're really happy to be back for a third season of Washoe Life. I cannot believe we're on a third season. I remember saying, we really should start a podcast. Uh, there are, it is so much fun to do. And then the world is your oyster because our whole goal is to talk about life, daily life, people making a difference in our daily life here in Washoe County. And of course, highlight some of the things that the county is doing, of course, to help change that. And and here we are. I, th- I think we're going to have a lot of that on season three, Come just looking ahead and knowing some of the difficult conversations we're going to have. In the past, um, for those of you who have been listening, we've had some really fun conversations, ghosts and <laughs> all kinds of things. The courthouse is haunted. You're going to have Absolutely. to look it up. Um, yeah, and we'll still have fun ones, of course. We will. But we wanted to take the season and go deeper. There, There's a lot you know, facing our community, and we wanted to go a little deeper, uh, get a little more personal. And um, I had a really, really fortunate experience I'm going to back up a little bit and tell you how this guest came to be. Uh, I was at an event, I don't know, a month ago or something, and met a gentleman named Stephen Hammonds. So shout out to Stephen. We were just chatting. Neither of us knew anybody there, and so we were just chatting, and he told me what he does. He works for the Life Change Center. Okay, what's that? I don't know what that's all about. So he told me a little bit about it. He said, you really should come by and see it. So the next week, he connected me with our guest today, and um And I got to go over there and tour the Life Change Center and learn what it's about. And I was blown away. And I told our our guest who's here today, who I met with, John Firestone, you have to come on our podcast. We need you to tell me everything or tell our listeners everything you're telling me right now. Well, I think that's that's our goal. Welcome, by the way. Thank you for joining us, John. Well, Nancy, thank you for having me. Bethany, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I don't know about you, and, and we're going to certainly find out more about your work, but people always say, well, what, what's going on? Everyone's so quick to judge what's going on, but then we have guests like you coming in and saying, I'm going to tell you what's really going on and how we're helping. Well, the yeah, th- yes, absolutely, and thank you for having me for that reason. I think there's a lot of assumptions that are made about addiction. There's a lot of fears, concerns about a new drug you're probably hearing about called fentanyl, uh, and, and I think having misinformation can be you know, a little bit dangerous. Uh, so thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So tell us a little bit for our listeners who don't know you. Who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? And what is the Life Change Center? So I'm John Firestone. I'm the executive director of the Life Change Center. I'll tell you about what that is in a second. I've been a Nevadan since 94, which doesn't quite make me local, but I've been here for a minute and I've learned to love this community. I really, really do. And I'm glad to help although I do work in an interesting sector of our community, you know, an area that we're seeing a lot of our citizens, you know, challenged. Um, And I'll I'll go into more about that. The Life Change Center that I work for is an outpatient, nonprofit outpatient center to help people that have addictions to heroin, uh, prescription pills, and now fentanyl. Uh, We're helping about 2,000 people a year. About 800 people a day will walk through our doors. We've got locations in Carson City, in Reno, and in Sparks. Um, one, 
Go ahead. One thing I love to ask people before we start getting into the Q&A about the Life Change Center. Okay, I'm meeting you. We're at an event. Hi, John. I'm Nancy Lewenhagen. What, how are you? How are you? What do you do? How do you describe to people what you do? So that's, that's a great question. It's such an interesting thing. So heroin and fentanyl are kind of this, this well-known problem. A lot of people maybe know somebody that's been affected by it. In, in my world today, people will come up and say, hey, what do you do? And I say, well, I, I run a nonprofit that helps people with addictions to pills, heroin, and, and fentanyl. And I, and I find that to be a better way to explain it than opioids, which is a class of medication which incorporates all three, because opioids is just an odd word, and people are like, what is that? So I usually break it up, pills like Oxycontin, for example, heroin, which is an illicit, and fentanyl, which is both prescribed and primarily our problem is it's an illicit. But what's interesting and one of my, you know, like my heart really gets pulled is because when people find out what I do, they'll tend to tell me the stories, right? And and there are stories about who, who, who they know that has died. And it's become so prevalent. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of stories I get from meeting people just in casual kind of meetings. It gives me a clear picture about how this social health crisis is affecting our community. And I, I'm glad you brought that up and I'm because you're talking about, you know, we hear about the opioid addiction and I think people think, well, that was big pharma or whatever. What we're really seeing, what we're particularly interested in is fentanyl. And you described it as a lot of it is the Ill illegal use of it. And maybe the person getting it also doesn't understand that it's in there. That's correct. That it, It's 99% of the problem we're seeing is illicitly manufactured fentanyl. Uh, currently, so we're providing services to a lot of people every day. We do drug testing so we can kind of see what's happening and where because it'll show up as a positive in our in our drug tests, right? Probably 70%, maybe a little less, of all new people coming to the Life Change Center are exposed to fentanyl. And we'll describe fentanyl in most cases as their drug of choices, but there's another group that don't, don't even know that they're using it. Okay, I'll admit I'm kind of naive. I've been accused of being naive and I'll claim it. This feels like a big city thing. I think San Francisco or New York. You said you have a life center in our life change center in Carson City, here in Reno and Sparks. Is this really in our community? It, it really is. Right now we're, uh, I'm sorry to go, this is a very dark subject, so I apologize to any of our listeners. I know there's a lot of people that are struggling. I'm gonna be touching bases on some things that might trigger you a little bit. But right now, Reno and Sparks, Washoe County, we're losing about three to four people a week to a fentanyl overdose. Wow. It's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's to say that we're, it's going to happen, it already has happened. With the amount of population we have here, this is about as bad as it's going to get. And what we've seen from other cities across the United States is it's not going to go away quickly. It, it's going to take certainly more than what just the Life Change Center can do. It's really going to take a community effort to try and decrease the amount of overdose death that we see. You know, a lot of times we think, oh, okay, are we seeing people openly doing it on the streets? Well, whether we are or not, people are doing it. Yes. And clearly a lot. Yeah. And you won't really see that many people on the street doing it the way that opioids work. They're kind of an isolated sort of use drug. So people tend to do that in the privacy of an, a, some sort of a setting. They don't want to really be bothered, let's just say, once they're using the drug. So you won't see it. And we won't even hear about it because it's not even at this point newsworthy. So unless it's somebody that's like a a, 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 a public person's 
uh, relative, you're not going to hear about the deaths that, that, that we're seeing. Right, until it's too late or until you, you get the family members who are coming up and talking. They to do, and I can't tell you, like, some of the stories that I hear are really, like, I mean, it's, it, once again, I apologize to our listeners out there if this is triggering you, but I think it's an important story when they go there. But I've talked to people that have told me, and one woman in particular came up from Sacramento to talk to me. She had lost both her sons, who were in their 20s, within a one-year time frame. And, and what she was able to do was, like, kind of convert that into advocacy, but you can't, I can't imagine the amount of suffering. This is the worst thing that we would ever have to face in our life, right? It's worse than pain to ourselves. It's pain to our family. And, and it does happen. And it doesn't seem to be, you know, like only people that perhaps fit a previous maybe image that we have in our head of what a drug using person might be. You know, it's not a person that hasn't showered in a week, and maybe it's not even a person that's unemployed. These these are often people that are functioning within our community, but because fentanyl is so strong, this tips the scale and gets to a quite a dangerous point. Fentanyl is literally 50 times the strength of heroin, and heroin used to be the strongest drug out there, right? So if you think about it, like from my perspective, a person walks into our clinic and they're using heroin, we're like relieved. Like, how did that happen? Right? So it's 50 times the strength. And, and the way they, they, they measure that, I don't know if you're familiar with like in hot sauce, they have something called a Scoville unit. Are you familiar with that at all? Oh, yeah. Carolina Reaper. That's the top, right? right. <laughs> there you go. Right. So there's a Scoville unit. Like, as the higher you go up, the more like hot it is. So with, with uh, this class of medications, opioids, so like fentanyl, uh, they use a morphine equivalent. So morphine is a one, heroin is a two, fentanyl is a 100. Wow. It is literally and scientifically 100 times the strength of heroin. So even people that are, you know, like, oh, if, if fentanyl, you know, that's what people use now, it's harder to get the right amount without putting yourself at risk for those death. So it's really affecting everybody in our community. Um, yeah. On some level. And do people know they're taking it? I know the big scare among my high schoolers is that vape pens might be laced with fentanyl and you don't know. This is, it is true. I don't know to what degree. Okay. So there's no doubt that I'm, I'm talking to people that come to the Life Change Center that would, are adamantly saying they did not use fentanyl, but yet fentanyl is in their drug screen. I'm talking to people that, you know, apparently we don't know for sure, but have lost somebody that was not a um, an opioid user. So it's even finding its way into substances like maybe methamphetamine, cocaine, and some of these vape pens where people really, they don't have any opioid tolerance at all. These are the people that are like, I think at most risk, right? So if you're a person that's not normally using an opioid, if you normally use an opioid, you'd have some level of defense against such a strong substance in your system. Right. All right, now let, let's walk through the Life Change Center. I, and I realize there's two paths that are going to get you there. Uh, how do how do you find out that and if if you should go or how do you get to people? So there's sort of two questions there. Yeah. Uh, well, I like questions. We don't do any marketing really, uh, but if you're an individual that's out there asking yourself that there might be a problem, there's already a problem, right? So certainly if you're in that point, and I'm, I'm not going to say that it's just that easy. You can just pick up 
your stuff and go to the life change center and go make that change. I wish it was that easy. It's not. But if, if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're wondering, I think that the question is, it won't hurt to go out and talk to somebody, right? Life Change Center is a great place to start because we have a lot of locations. We have available staff uh, throughout the day. So I think if, for people to come to the Life Change Center, they can probably get those questions answered. So you have people who are in treatment and then you have people who just walk in the door. So maybe first walk us through, if somebody arrives at your center, what does it look like? So when somebody arrives to our center for the first time for an intake, they're just going to walk through our front door at six in the morning. And this is something that's odd, right? So we don't do any marketing. I mentioned that earlier. So people that are out uh, in our community that are using these substances, they know who we are. There's a lot of discussion that happens among drug users because groups like the Life Change Center, we're one of those protective agents that if a person needs to make that move away from this illicit drug use, this is where you go. So they just show up at six in the morning and then they go through a few different um, assessments, right? They'll meet with a behavioral health counselor, a substance use disorder counselor. They meet with a nurse and they'll meet with a doctor. And through that collection of information, there's going to be a prescription that's issued from our doctor that will be filled within our system. So on the first day, you've got a fairly lengthy thing and I feel for all, and I just have so much pride in, in all the people that, that come in, you know, because it's, it's hard. Opioid withdrawal is no joke. People are not feeling well. They're challenging themselves to show up and trust us to help them. They tolerate the long time it takes to get started. But once they're done, the doctor will initiate a prescription that will be filled within our system. So they'll just come in every day and they'll get a, a medication like Suboxone or Methadone every day until their withdrawal is managed. Uh-huh. And then they come back over and over again? Is that how that works? They come in every day because what, we're, what we find is that when a person, when we first meet them, their body chemistry is uh, tumultuous. Their ability to function and think is also disrupted from normal processing, right? So when we meet somebody that's new, our primary goal is just to get them stable. And then we meet them again, like meet the real person in two to three weeks. Of course. Right? Right. And at that point, now we can start talking to them about like, what do we do to really get you back on track? What do we need to do to help you with some of these other issues that might have developed during the time that you were using drugs or developed before you ever used drugs? Perhaps there are some people we meet that actually might have some challenges that brought them to use drugs as a way of self-medication. And within our system, we have psychiatrists on staff, we have behavioral health therapists on staff because a lot of people come to us and with some of the problems they face might be trauma-related. Maybe it's something like an anxiety or de a depression diagnosis. We have um, family services for people for pregnancy. Uh, we have peer recovery support specialists that help link people with services that we don't provide. So what we're trying to do is create a place where people can get their meets net or, or, or meets net, excuse me, or... Um, will help them to the place they need to go. This is such important conversation, though. Again, going back to just talking about it. What does it look like? What should we be talking to other people about? I have two adult children. Bethany has two teenage ch children. I guess we shouldn't say children, kids. I have two, you have two kids. 
Uh, is this something we need to be worrying about? And how do we help parents of young, old, older kids? It doesn't matter how old they're. How do we? How do you help people talk about this? So we don't have a formal outlet to help people talk about this, but it needs to happen. Uh, one thing is, if you're a parent and you're worried about it and you want to get some consult, call the Life Change Center. That's seven seven five three five five seven seven three four is our main number. We'll hook you up with one of our closest clinicians. It's a great place to start. But let's go back to that conversation we had earlier about fentanyl and how we're losing so many people a week. The Life Change Center is a treatment resource. We're doing as much community outreach as we possibly can, and we're providing people with a drug called Narcan, which is an anti-overdose drug. I see a future in which every adult in Washoe County and Carson City County have two things of Narcan, and I know that if we did that, we would decrease the amount of death that we're seeing. You know, that's the that's one of the answers. There's, I guess my point is, this is not something that the Life Change Center can do alone. This is not going to happen outside of you, the community. We all have to get together on this one. And, you know, I, and I get it. Having Narcan's kind of like CPR, right? It's like, I don't really want to have to do that. And not everybody's going to, but what would happen if every adult in our county, in our counties that I mentioned, had it? Even if you never used it, some people would. And I call those people my lifeguards. I love that. So when I met you and I I went home with four boxes of Narcan, two for each of my kids, and they kind of laughed at me. They were like, oh, mom, we're not doing drugs. Our friends don't do drugs. But it was a really good opportunity to talk to them about, you know, it might not be for you. It might not be for your friend. You might just be somewhere. And you see, you explained to me the um, the signs of an overdose and um, and how to use the Narcan kit. And that was, it was a really good conversation starter with me and my kids on, you know, not just being a passerby, but actually actively saving a life. And I think that's so key. Well, that's really a great, what would you call an unintended benefit of just taking that Narcan home because it could be that thing that starts a conversation. Here, you got this box in your hand, right? It's Narcan. And you're right. And I love that you talk to your, your family about it that way. The best thing that can happen, you would have this Narcan and you would never use it, but you may need it. There was an old camping saying, it's better to need it or to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Can you imagine if the people that I've talked to that have lost somebody, if they could have saved that person? Yeah. And an, another, um, oh, by the way, where do we get them? Where do we get Narcan kits There's before we? Probably more than I would even know. It's very available. You can get it at like straight through a drugstore like CVS. Uh, but you can also come to Life Chain Center. We're there to help you out. There's a group that I know is active in what we call prevention, and that's Joined Together Northern Nevada. My guess is there's a lot more, and maybe that's some resource that you guys could put on your website or whatever, but I, I think it would be important to make it the easiest way that we can get Narcan in the hands of everybody. But don't wait. If you guys are wanting to go to the Life Chain Center, come see us. We'll, we'll get you some Narcan, and, you know, that'll be... Uh, it's a start. And and we're talking about, you know, drug addiction and treatment. And, and we understand, especially from the county perspective, you know, just like all of the things that are going on in, in society, it does take an entire community. I know a lot of those conversations are happening with Washoe County, with City of Sparks, with City of Reno, a lot of things going on. 
Do you also work with other organizations to address the mental health and societal work to try to wrap around with drug addiction? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah no, it, it, it's a necessary component of what we do. So we're, an, we're a hub and a hub and spoke model. So talking to Life Change Center is like, well, of course we do because, you know, like we've got literal care coordination agreements with just tons of providers in our community. It's important that we have those so we can get people, we can link them up with resources. But you'll find regardless, even if it's not the Life Change Center, everybody's got those connections and we really need to do better as providers. And this would be any providers that are listening to this. Let's all, we all know the truth, right? We all know that collaboration is the way to best help our community, but we do fall into these practices that we call silos because we're busy and because it's a hard, hard job that we do and we just get focused after that meeting or after that phone call going back to what we're doing. But at one point, I think we have to look in the mirror and say, hey, we're always going to get the same results if we don't challenge ourselves to do more. So I really love what you're saying about this collaboration is so important for all, all of our providers within our system, let's just call it that, within our county. I'm a little terrified, but I'm also inspired by this conversation. And I, I love what you said about like a first aid kit. Narcan can be one of those things. I've got a big old purse. I've got plenty of room in there. You know, I've got a little sewing kit and I've got, you know, my aspirin in case I get a headache. I've got, you know, a little thing of instant coffee in case I just absolutely have to have a cup of coffee on the run. Uh, why can't I just put a thing of Narcan in there and I might save a life? How do we destigmatize drug use and having something like fentanyl in your purse? What do we do from here? Uh, well, we just keep talking about it and, and we have to have hope. And if, and if, if, if you don't feel you have hope, let's, I don't know, have more conversations like this. Call me at the Life Chain Center. There's got to be a way. If, if people that are listening to this would like a tour of one of our facilities to help better understand what it looks like, please call. Once again, that number is 775-355-7734. That's our main number. I would love to be able to communicate to our community in this way. But to answer your question, I don't know how to take away all the fears and I don't know how to increase the motivation. We just have to trust our community. And here's something that I didn't tell you about me. I also do accreditation surveys for opioid treatment programs. I've been to 44 states. I've done about 180 different clinics and I've seen a lot of different cities. I've talked to a lot of different people and I got to tell you, this is biased, but I totally believe it. Reno, Sparks, Carson City, we're special. This is a good community. This is a good community. I do a lot of work with Las Vegas too. I can tell you that Reno, Sparks, Carson City is different. We're special. If anybody's going to be able to do that, it's going to be us, right? Absolutely. That is that is a great thing to hear. Fantastic. Along the lines of encouraging and what people can do, I was really impressed. You showed me a closet full of supplies for um, women who are expecting babies. And, and you have a whole program to support women who may be facing um, drug abuse but also pregnant. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, it's hard to say a little bit about it, but let me tell you a lot about it. <laughs> Give me 30 seconds on that. <laughs> I, I can't. I gotta go, I'm gonna, okay. Yeah, the hook's going to come out before I'm done, right? <laughs> Music will start playing. So we have uh, programs that are specific for pregnant women. Uh, we have programs that are specific for families that have ne uh, neonatal age, zero to one-year-old children. And we have programs for people that are in our, you know, tr in treatment with us that are caregivers for children between the ages of three and 18. The first one, the pregnancy programs that we have, 
Uh, we identify people as early as we can. And we, th- this is really, I got to give credit to, to Sarah McGill, who's our clinical director. I got to give credit to, to Jesse DeHaven, who's our grant manager, one of our program developers. And I got to give credit to S- Serena Timzak, who is also in our women's services program. The three of them came together with this idea called baby bucks. And what happens is, is the person is pregnant, they're in treatment, there's an opioid use disorder, they're getting help if they're going to get their medication every day, if they see their counselor, if they go to a group, if they have a negative drug screen result, they get these baby bucks start to add up. And at the end of every month, they can go and they can get diapers, they can get a bottle, they can get cribs, car seats, they can get strollers, they can get a variety of different things that are necessary for the first year of that baby's life. So much so the way it's designed, if a person was to do really well within this program, identifying in their first trimester, they would likely have everything they would need in terms of diapers, car seat, stroller, crib for the first year of that baby's life. Wow. What a, yeah, this has been such an eye-opening conversation. And and again, I'm so glad that we're opening our, our third season with talking with you, John, because again, I want people to understand the amazing people who are in this community and making such a huge difference for people. Can you again just tell us where where someone can go to learn more about about um, all of the life change center? Is it a website or is it a phone call? All that boring detail. Ready for it? So one is the website. It's a great place to go. Right? That'll have a lot of the details and information about how you become a patient there, or what have you. And that's just www.thelifechangecenter.org. With the the life change the center. life change okay. center. Right? Yep. So the other one I mentioned the phone number. Our main number is seven seven five. 355-7734. Uh, you know, there's going to be, I give you addresses and all that, but I don't think it's necessary. If you just, one of those two things will get you there. We'll find the closest location. Or if you go to our webpage, you'll find the closest location. Do you take donations? Do you need goods? Do you need those strollers and diapers donated? What do you? We do. There's always going to be needs for things like diapers. Uh, these are the sort of things that get absorbed relatively quickly. They get used over and over again. Uh, I don't know exactly where they're at, but if you want to give a call, talk to Jesse or Sarah, who I mentioned earlier, and they'll be able to tell you what their needs are. Our family programs do not get funded by Medicaid. They do not get funded by Medicare. They don't get funded by private insurance. It's funded in part by our state health department. They've been doing great, but even they can only do so much for so long. So if there is a role our community can have in helping uh, young uh, women that are pregnant, helping families that are trying to pull their life together after addiction, uh, there is a role for that. I always have, we always have to bring it back to just a little bit lighter moment. How do you de-stress? You, you work with a lot of stressful situations. I'm just curious how, how you, uh, is it reading a book? You uh, I, walk? I, I, I would say exercise is always good. You know, I love, and this is a great thing about our community too, is probably why we're so darn you know, like I noticed the difference here is we have the mountains here. Yes. We got a lot of natural beauty here, but we also have opportunities for clean air and exercise. So that's clean that's air. great. But truthfully, I love my job. I'm honored to be doing it. It's not like I work a day in my life. So. Wow. Thank you for sharing your piece of this puzzle with us. We really appreciate it. You're the, the face of the Life Change Center, but I know you work with a really dynamic, strong team there at each of the locations. So thank you for sharing that. And uh, thank you, Washoe County, for listening. If you have ideas for future podcasts, please let us know. You can email us at washoe311 at washoecounty.gov. Until next time, Washoe Life. Thanks for listening.